everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Fremdlauschen, where I invite you to eavesdrop on me, a native speaker of English from the United States, while I speak on topics from my home, including current events, entertainment, politics, history, culture, and so on. This podcast is intended to be an interesting mix of topics relating to American life today. And man, do I wish we were covering the breaking news out of America that Kim Kardashian has filed for divorce from Kanye West. That would be more in line with my last episode on Britney Spears, but I promised you a potpourri of different topics and we'll be taking the good with the bad. And today it is all very, very bad because we are going to be talking about the widespread conspiracy theory behind QAnon. So let's dig in. On January 6th, 2021, so really only about six weeks ago, Just like the rest of you, I was watching as the United States Capitol was stormed by rioters. You'll notice I will not call them protesters or demonstrators. They were rioters. They were there to riot, and they rioted. And when you looked at the people, sometimes you saw big cues on their t-shirts or lots of signs with cue symbolism or statements that I knew had come from QAnon. And for me, it was like a nightmare that had come to life. It was a real physical representation and manifestation of things I had only seen as rumors on the internet, where I had only heard people talking about things that made no sense at all. And I'd said, well, that's a conspiracy theory, that's fringe, that's you know people who don't know any better. And then I saw them storming our government building and taking our government employees, our representatives, our senators, our staffers, hostage with their ideas. And so it was something that I knew it was out there and I knew that there were people who believed in these crazy theories, but I never expected to see them jumping over barriers and using American flags to break down windows, to get inside the Capitol, to run through the Capitol, threatening people, saying they were going to hang the vice president, trying to find AOC and Nancy Pelosi to literally murder them. Q was no longer harmless in my mind. QAnon started on fringe message boards and then it spread to social media and suddenly you started seeing Qs everywhere. As a politically minded person, I knew that QAnon existed and I knew vaguely what they believe in. But All of their beliefs were so absurd that I just discounted them. And then I sat there watching in total shock as our capital was stormed on January 6th by a lot of people who believed in these theories. QAnon and its conspiracy theories have spread like wildfire, maybe even like a pandemic all around the world. And as you may have noticed during the actual pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, There was a huge spike of interest in QAnon, which is why I want to talk to you about it today. My goal today is to outline the roots of QAnon, what this conspiracy theory is based on, how the movement has grown, and even seen some people who believe and follow it enter into politics and be elected to Congress, and to discuss QAnon's connections to Germany. By the way, that was the most surprising information I turned up, while doing research on this topic. I had no idea how strong the ties were between QAnon and Germany. At the end, I will also give you some information 
about other podcasts that dig a lot deeper into this topic. Really, I'm only providing an overview here. I'm not any kind of specialist or expert. Luckily, there are lots of specialists and experts on the internet, and so I'll help you find them. I started doing my research expecting to find some actual facts that QAnon is based on. I wanted to find that little kernel of truth that all of it began with and kind of wonder how did we get here having started there. However, there is no truth to be found. There are literally no facts behind QAnon. None. None at all. Nothing. And so normally when I would talk about something a little controversial, I would probably use the word supposedly, allegedly, is said to be, but I'm not mincing words with QAnon. This is a disproven, baseless, discredited heap of lies. There is nothing behind it. We can talk about it all we want, but you need to know there is nothing behind this. It is baseless. It is discredited. It is not true. In the words of my least favorite former president, it is all fake news. Very, very fake news. So I think that makes it clear how I feel about QAnon. But what is it? It's called an omni-conspiracy theory. Omni because it reaches out and has pulled in every crazy idea, every strange conspiracy theory, every bunch of lies you can imagine. That means that QAnon followers include flat earthers, anti-vaxxers, 9-11 truthers who believe that the attacks on September 11th, 2001 were an inside job. And there are also people who believe in lizard people, in dogmen, who believe that school shootings that we see on the news were not real, that they were false flag events, that they are actors pretending that they are children and teens who have witnessed violence just so that politicians can come and take your guns away. All of these people, all of these wonderful folks, believe in QAnon. Over the past 12 months, QAnon has also spread to include claims that the COVID-19 global pandemic is not real and that it is only politically motivated to hurt Donald Trump. So while we sit here in Germany in a lockdown, we're doing that to harm the former president of the United States aspirations. Yeah, it's nuts. But at the end of the day, QAnon is, in fact, the cult of Donald Trump. So what is it in a nutshell? Where did it come from? You need to buckle up because this is where it gets real bumpy. In one sentence, QAnon followers believe that there is a group of pedophiles who are secretly running the United States. These pedophiles, in their opinion, control the media, control Hollywood, and control all politicians. And the only person who can stop them and save these children is Donald Trump. So I'm gonna say that in different words because I think you really need to sit with it just for a moment because this is what it all comes down to. The core belief behind QAnon is that there is a murderous child sex ring that tortures and abuses children because when you abuse them, they secrete something called adrenochrome. And that is a chemical 
that this cabal supposedly believes will stop them from aging. They are even said to farm children in underground caves for this purpose, for the purpose of drinking their blood to remain young. QAnon has roots in a few conspiracy theories, but the closest and clearest links can be found with Pizzagate. Just um, a language tip here, that gate at the end of Pizzagate usually signifies a political scandal. It can also be kind of a pop culture scandal. We'll talk about that in a moment. This started with Watergate in 1971. But Watergate, the scandal, was named after Watergate, the building, which was named after Watergate, the neighborhood in Washington, D.C. So the gate at the end actually had nothing to do with scandal until it was part of the word Watergate, which eventually cost Richard Nixon the presidency. The gate suffix now suggests unethical behavior and usually a cover-up. I'll give you some fun examples of gate scandals, like Donut Gate, which is in 2015 when Ariana Grande licked donuts that were unsold and then put them back. There was Nipple Gate in 2004 at the Super Bowl when our old friend Justin Timberlake exposed Janet Jackson's breast. And there was Deflate Gate involving Tom Brady, another fan favorite, in 2015 when there was an accusation that Air had been let out of the football to give Tom Brady and his team an advantage. Can you tell I don't know much about sports? Pizzagate also has kind of a fun name, right? It sounds like it might be one of those light Ariana Grande scandals where she licks the pizza and puts it back. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Pizzagate started when WikiLeaks leaked the emails of Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign manager. Are you following me? So this man, John Podesta, worked for Hillary Clinton and WikiLeaks leaked his emails in 2016, right before the presidential election. The conspiracy theory that came out of this said that among these emails, there were coded messages stating that high-ranking elite Democrats and U.S. restaurants were involved in human trafficking and setting up a child sex ring. One of the restaurants that was named in the Pizzagate theory was a local Washington, D.C. pizza shop called Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria. And so people on the alt-right started spreading a conspiracy theory on 4chan and 8chan and other anonymous internet boards that there were children being held in pizza parlors throughout the United States, specifically at Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria, it's kind of fun to say, in Washington, D.C. There's also now looking back a lot of evidence that bots were spreading this theory on the internet. In response, a man from North Carolina packed his gun and traveled to Comet Ping Pong Pizza to investigate this theory and, you know, to free the children that he knew he was sure he was convinced were trapped in the pizza place. Now, of course, this sounds like, you know, a gullible guy who has time on his hands, wants to help the children, maybe get a pizza at the same time. But remember, he was armed with an AR-15 assault rifle. He went into the restaurant where the staff was, you know, making pizzas and selling them. And he demanded that they show him where the children are being kept. 
And then he shot his assault rifle inside the restaurant to break the lock on a door to a storage room during his search for these children. Of course, there were no children. The police came, he was arrested. Um, by the way, that great citizen is being released from jail anytime now, I think maybe this week, so that's good to know. The owner of the restaurant and staff of the restaurant and other restaurants also tied to this Pizzagate conspiracy theory have also received death threats from conspiracy theorists after being doxxed on the internet. To be doxxed means that their private information was released online. So that means people know if they have children, where they live, what's their address, what do they look like, and so on. No alleged victims have ever come forward. No physical evidence was ever found. But the people who worked in the restaurants that were tied to this conspiracy theory have lived in fear of their lives. Human trafficking, just to make this point, human trafficking is definitely a thing in the United States but it usually impacts the most vulnerable children, children coming in as immigrants. And Pizzagate and QAnon, when they claim that they're helping the children, definitely are not. They're pulling attention away from the actual issue of human trafficking by redirecting it to somewhere where it's really just not happening. Around the same time as Pizzagate, QAnon, which is more ominously named, isn't it, also started up. It's called QAnon because Q is the person posting these conspiracy theories and that person is anonymous. Pretty easy, right? So Q is an anonymous government official. By the way, none of this is true. This person is not an anonymous government official, but Q is supposed to be an anonymous government official who began posting on 4chan in 2017. So at the same time that Pizzagate was happening, the more ominously named QAnon also took hold. QAnon started when, and, and I'm putting this in air quotes, anonymous government official, spoiler alert, not a government official, just somebody lying on the internet, happens every day, um, began posting on 4chan in 2017. Q is almost certainly a man named Jim Watkins or somebody close to him. This was shown in a few podcasts over the past year. Really good podcasts, if that's your kind of thing, to figure this out. It's kind of a mystery that they pursued. I'll uh, let you know more about that at the end of the show. Watkins set up 8chan. Now, 8chan is kind of the successor to 4chan, and the description of 8chan on Wikipedia tells you basically everything you need to know about both the site and the person who set it up. Are you ready? 8chan, and I quote, has been linked to white supremacism, neo-Nazism, the alt-right, racism, and anti-Semitism, hate crimes, multiple mass shootings. 8chan was also known for hosting child pornography. So yeah, it's like the greatest hits of horrors you can find on the internet. Honestly, Q isn't even a very good storyteller or an extremely good liar. Q has just found an audience which is unbelievably gullible, ready and willing to believe almost anything. So Q claims to be a high-ranking military official, close to Trump when he was president, who posts clues about the battle of good versus evil that is currently taking place in our world. On a variety of message boards, he or she, Q, 
post classified information about a secret battle between Trump during his time as president and an evil ring of Hollywood celebrities, political elite, billionaires, and the deep state. In this case, the deep state means high-ranking officials who are in the government plotting against Trump. Obviously, if such important people are in the cabal, they can control everything relating to politics, entertainment, and the media in the whole world. According to this theory, the end goal of the Clintons and Oprah and Tom Hanks, I think Bill Gates, is to establish a new world order, which is a totalitarian world government. This new world order conspiracy has been around forever and is also tied to the Freemasons because yeah, everything is tied to the Freemasons, right? In this story, Trump, our friend Donald Trump, the very Trump you know, is a messiah who has come to save the world from evil. And here's the thing, if you really believe that there's a worldwide conspiracy to farm children and torture them to harvest their adrenochrome, any violence you would perpetrate to make it stop, to make it end, would kind of seem justified in your mind. And over the years, Q has given secret clues about certain things the QAnon supporters are expecting. One of them is the storm, as they call it. This is supposed to be a mass arrest event where 100,000 people, at least, should be arrested and kind of usher in the good times where the evil has been taken care of and put into jail. Do you remember all those lock her up, lock her up chants at Trump rallies? This is kind of what they mean. Another event that Q alludes to and gives clues about is called the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is when everyone realizes that QAnon was right all along and they enter into a new utopian age. I don't think I would have much from this great utopian age. I don't think I would benefit because I have the feeling QAnon would have seen me taken care of during the storm. So I guess the Great Awakening is there for the people who believed in QAnon all along. It does sound kind of nice though, right? Like that day when everyone realizes you were right about everything all along. It doesn't sound half bad. Now, of course, if you've done more study of the Bible than I have, you might be hearing certain parallels between what QAnon believes and the book of Revelation in the New Testament. This is one of those things where evangelical Christians have gotten very tied to QAnon and have found themselves really vulnerable to it because it does speak to some Christian beliefs. Please don't kill me in the comments about that, but it kind of does. Q makes a lot of prophecies that are connected to the storm and the Great Awakening and gives really specific information that is then easily proven false. As a child of the 80s, I saw real similarities here to the televangelist preachers who were on TV who would tell you exactly when the world was going to end and then be like, oops, when it didn't, and explain to you exactly why they were right anyway. One of the biggest things that was predicted and has not happened and probably will never happen in the way it's been predicted is that Hillary Clinton was supposed to be arrested on November 3rd, 2017. To this day, she has not been arrested in any kind of connection with the storm. Now, before I start this next part, I do have to give kind of my 
personal opinion on it. I found after the storm of the Capitol, not the QAnon storm, on January 6th, I was really frustrated with some of the media that I normally enjoyed, like the New York Times and the Washington Post, because they really went out to try to find believers in you know the Stop the Steal movement about the election being stolen. They tried to find believers and ask them, hey, why do you believe this? Give them a voice, put them in the newspaper. And I had lost a lot of my understanding and a lot of my patience for those people when they supported storming our capital and trying to overturn a legal and valid election. So maybe I'm not coming at this from a completely non-biased standpoint. But anyway, what is it about QAnon that is so attractive to people? For the disenfranchised who want to believe that the world is about to change in a really powerful and meaningful way in their favor, QAnon has been kind of a bright light. And there's something really compelling about QAnon in that you're solving problems and puzzles and interpreting what everything means. Every time Donald Trump tweeted with these terrible misspellings and it made no sense, the people from QAnon, the believers of QAnon, would then come out and say, oh, yeah, no, that was not him misspelling coffee. That was him giving us a sign about how he is going to... For example, arrest Barack Obama. And so, you know, they do find a way to entertain themselves for hours in trying to find the codes and the messages behind kind of everyday things. I personally keep an eye on the Facebook page of a man who lives in the little teeny tiny town that I grew up in on the East Coast of America. Um, This man is a QAnon believer um, and often posts things about there being lots of military trucks on the highway that day, or seeing two suns, two orbs in the sky when he was out taking his walk. And then he and the other QAnon believers spend the day trying to figure out what it could mean. Spoiler alert, it is almost always that the UN is taking over the United States and putting us under the new world order. So QAnon members can get the feeling that they're taking part in a revolution that they're participating in ushering in this great awakening, starting this wonderful utopia. They even take an oath, like you do in Girl Scouts or something, and uh, the oath is where we go one, we go all. I'm only mentioning that because of the really clunky abbreviation, which is WWG1WGA, which I think if we timed it takes much longer to say and to write than the actual where we go one, we go all. So they take this oath, just like you do when you join the military or join some kind of powerful organization. And people who didn't have a voice in the political system are suddenly part of a group and part of a movement. But I really do wanna point out that these modern conspiracy theories are often linked to much older anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and tropes that have a long, dark, terrible history. If you remember the adrenochrome, the chemical released into children's blood, which is a fountain of youth, that has ties back to the blood libel, which is where Jews were accused of murdering Christian children and using their blood to bake or drink. Um, So this is not a new story. This is not a new idea. 
This is very dangerous and this is very old. And sometimes when you hear the ideas behind these theories and these predictions, you think, oh, come on, that is so unrealistic. Nobody could believe that and anybody who did believe that shouldn't be taken seriously. My personal favorite is the theory that John F. Kennedy Jr. did not really die in a plane crash and instead he was off in the wings waiting to take the country over and that he would be Trump's running mate in 2020. Uh, Mike Pence um, didn't know about him apparently because Mike Pence ended up running again with Trump in 2020. And I think if JFK Jr. had been available, they probably would have chosen him. But alas, cults tend not to be logical. And QAnon has gotten even stronger during the COVID-19 pandemic. When I did research on this, the answer to why was both shockingly easy and really surprising to me. It's because people have been sitting at their computers all day on message boards and in Facebook groups with very little to do. And so they've had plenty of time to do their own research, again in air quotes, and watch 16 hours of videos that are produced to look like news that carry things that are pure conspiracy theory. And given all the free time they had, people went down rabbit holes about QAnon, and there was exponential growth in the groups of believers. If you want to go down your own rabbit hole, you can Google the algorithms that are behind YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and how they led people to QAnon. There's a lot of research out there that the more you click, the more what is recommended to you will lead you to the fringe, to the alt-right, to places you probably never would have gotten to on your own if you'd not been recommended to them. Because of the nature of QAnon and the fact that it encompasses so many other conspiracy theories from different fields, a lot of people found themselves on a slippery slope. So the one example I saw was imagine that you're a vegan and you enjoy talking about veganism, finding out more about veganism. And so sometimes you'll find yourself in alternative health groups on Facebook with other people, some with ideas that might be a little more radical than yours, but pretty much normal everyday conversations are going on there. If you're a member of an alternative health group on Facebook, the next thing Facebook will start recommending to you is that you join some anti-vax groups, so anti-vaccination groups. And, you know, just like anything else, they range from the very conservative to the very loud and powerful. And as you advance along the anti-vax groups, becoming more and more radicalized, you will start having the recommendation to join QAnon groups. So once they've got you in the anti-vax, they slide you towards QAnon, and it really is a slippery, slippery slope. The research on YouTube in this context is also really fascinating, where it says, you know, you can start being like, well, I'd like to know more about the freedom of speech. And you end up in an alt-right video showing you research about how the government is taking away your free speech and implementing a new world order. It happens within a few clicks. It happens when you just let your computer run and kind of take that next recommended video. By the way, I would not recommend doing this when you're actually logged in because you will ruin your algorithm forever. So it kind of makes sense that QAnon took over the internet 
But why didn't it stay there? Basically, because Trump encouraged them and Donald Trump helped them become mainstream. While the FBI was calling them a potential domestic terror threat, Trump was amplifying their tweets, retweeting their tweets, and talking about what good people they could be. Of course, this all calls back to the systemic racism in the United States and everywhere else, I'm sure, because QAnon supporters are predominantly white people, white men, who are plotting in the name of Q and Donald Trump. There have been assassination plots, standoffs with police, an armed guy was arrested at the Hoover Dam planning to blow it up, and our old friend back at Pizzagate. And the whole time, President Trump was the hero of these QAnon stories. Theoretically, he could have shut it down with a couple of tweets when he was still allowed on the platform. There were cues all over his rallies on t-shirts and on posters. And instead, he amplified their content. Whenever he was asked about QAnon, Trump would answer that they liked him very much and loved our country. You should also remember that Donald Trump did not really answer very many questions from the press. He almost never did press conferences. So if you wanted to talk to him about QAnon, you had to catch him when he was talking about the coronavirus or on the way to his helicopter where he would pretend he couldn't hear you. So that means there's very little in the way of public responses from Donald Trump relating to QAnon, apart from what he was tweeting, what he was amplifying, what he was retweeting. At a press conference last year in 2020, Trump was holding a press conference, and so a reporter had the rare opportunity to ask him his opinion on QAnon. His answer was, and I quote, I don't know much about the movement, except they like me very much, which I appreciate. I have heard it is gaining in popularity. These are people who love our country, end quote. This might remind you of what Ivanka Trump tweeted on January 6th, calling the literal rioters in our capital patriots. And at that press conference, Donald Trump took a question from a female reporter wearing a mask. So that's two strikes against her right there. So you can only imagine how happy Trump was to answer her questions. And her question was, and I quote, at the crux of the theory is this belief that you are secretly saving the world from the satanic cult of pedophiles and cannibals. And Trump's response was, and I quote, if I can help save the world from problems, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to put myself out there, end quote. So given the opportunity to look into the cameras and say, yeah, I'm the best president ever, but that QAnon stuff is not true. Given that opportunity, Trump did not take it. Instead, he added fuel to the fire. But we really cannot dismiss QAnon as fringe anymore. I mean, at the latest on January 6th, we saw that, right? When QAnon left 4chan and 8chan and walked over to Facebook, they became mainstream. And with so many things, Facebook was unable to control or monitor or keep this in check in any way. And now we've come to the point where QAnon is so widespread that 50 outspoken Q supporters ran for office in the United States in 2020. I'm just going to talk now about two women who entered politics in 2020 by running for office and winning and are now members of Congress, shockingly enough. The first one is Lauren Boebert, who's a House representative from Colorado. 
She made the news this week because in a Zoom meeting uh, for one of the committees, she had a bookshelf behind her, just like most of us have behind us in Zoom calls, except her bookshelf was full of assault rifles, which even if you think people need to have assault rifles at home, you probably agree that they shouldn't be stored on a bookshelf in a home that has children in it. At some point, Lauren Boebert did distance herself from QAnon and from her former beliefs. I say former, but probably mean current beliefs there. She did distance herself from that while running for Congress. But, you know, it's still there, isn't it? And if you think Lauren Boebert is bad, let me introduce you to my friend Marjorie Taylor Greene. You might know her as the woman who has been wearing these great face masks, right, with her messages on them. You'll also recognize her because her face mask is almost always under her nose and not over her nose. She wore a face mask that said Trump won on it for her first day in office. She supported Trump's efforts to overturn his loss to Joe Biden in the presidential election. She calls face masks tyranny put in place by the Democratic Party. And Marjorie Greene has supported all of our best top 10 hits of disproven far-right conspiracy theories. Pizzagate, QAnon, false flags, 9-11 conspiracies, and so on. Oh, and before she ran from, for Congress, she publicly supported the execution of prominent Democrats. So she really honestly thought that Clinton and Pelosi and Obama should be executed. And now she sits in our Congress. Amazing. So Marjorie Taylor Greene's political career has now been all of six weeks because she had no experience before joining Congress. And she's made the news quite a few times, always for bad things. She was removed from some committees that she was supposed to sit on in the House of Representatives because Democrats refused to work with her. You know, that whole you should kill Democrats thing that didn't sit well with them. It's not that surprising. Also, Cori Bush, who's another freshman or new uh, House representative and a social activist, also a really good Twitter follow if you're interested, um, and a person of color, said that she was being harassed by having her office so close to Marjorie Taylor Greene's office, and literally Cori Bush and her staff felt like they were being threatened by Marjorie Taylor Greene and had to move their offices within the Capitol. Oh, and before you think... These are just words, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I would like to remind you that both Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert fight for the right to enter the Capitol armed. They refused at times to go through the metal detectors. They are fighting for their right to be able to bring their rifles, their assault rifles, into the United States Capitol, into their workplace, where they've both been very aggressive workmates to the Democrats who work there. And if you're wondering why the Republican Party, which, you know, is supposed to be one of our two serious political parties, if you're wondering why they put up with this kind of nonsense from this woman, the reason is she ran a primary, also eine von den Vorwahlen, against a Republican candidate who had held the position for quite a while. She ran a primary campaign against him and won. And so QAnon actually has a really strong political voice. Of course, you don't have to go the whole way to QAnon. You can also talk about the Tea Party caucus and so on, the, the alt-right itself. There are, of course, shades of gray in this. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene is quite black in the terms of shades of gray. But 
these people with these beliefs really do hold power within certain parts of the Republican Party. QAnon conspiracy theories are often really amplified online by Russian state-backed troll accounts. And you can tell sometimes when you're reading, uh, you know, you're reading comments on Facebook, you should actually never read the comments. But if you are reading the comments, you can tell sometimes that the English is a little wonky or the German, as the case may be. Um, And a lot of this information really has come out of Russia. So how does QAnon go away? Based on its growth, it will probably be with us for at least a generation and likely longer. There are tragic stories about how QAnon has torn families apart. Young people have lost their parents. Their parents who used to be understanding and kind are not understanding or kind anymore. I read a report today saying, you know, if someone in your family starts leaning towards QAnon, you do have a window at the very beginning of their interest in this kind of conspiracy theory to go and say, you know, that's not true. That's not the way things really are. Let me show you evidence. Once that window closes, your family member is probably gone forever, unfortunately. Now I say forever, but I hopefully don't really mean forever. After Joe Biden took office in January, you could see that there were QAnon members online saying, wait a minute, this isn't what we were promised. This isn't what Q said. We thought Donald Trump was never going to leave office. We thought there was a plan in place. When is the storm coming? What's going on with the Great Awakening? There is, of course, a hope that this will lead to a weakening of QAnon worldwide. I think the results of that remain to be seen. And just to touch on the German aspect for a moment, in Germany, just like almost everywhere else in the world, The numbers of believers in QAnon conspiracy theories were driven up during the pandemic summer, the COVID summer of 2020. In Germany, it seems like all of this QAnon information started with a single programmer in Berlin who translated and then spread the information on QAnon. Here is a very surprising fact that I found. The number of German language QAnon Facebook posts has exploded. Of the 10 biggest QAnon Facebook communities between April and September 2020, three of those 10 were in German. When Facebook finally started acting on these groups, the QAnon supporters here in Germany took to Telegram, where you could make a group and spread your message directly to the people who were following you. In October 2020, there were even more anti-corona demonstrations in Berlin and there were strange ideas everywhere, but one idea always stood out, QAnon, our old favorite. In Germany, there's something called the Querdenker movement, so the non-conventional thinkers, which is kind of great because I don't think they do that much thinking, conventional or otherwise. And this group, this Querdenker group, they often quote QAnon, and you do see the symbols of QAnon everywhere. Of course, there's also that similarity that both words start with Q. I think that actually is a coincidence, but it's one that has made it easier for QAnon to at least be seen at the Kvyadenka demonstrations, if you want to call them them. It also makes sense that you could see a connection between the Kvyadenka and QAnon because both of them are catch-alls. So both of them are conspiracy theories that include all kinds of other conspiracy theories. If we're talking about chemtrails in the sky or the dangers of taking vaccinations, 
all of these things are included in both of the conspiracy movements, so there are a lot of parallels there. A year ago, on February 19th, 2020, a Nazi terrorist drove through Hanau, which is near Frankfurt in Germany, and attacked shisha bars because they were frequented by Turks and Kurds. He killed nine people who he thought looked foreign, um, although four of them held German passports. He then went home and killed his mom and himself. The shooter was not associated with any terrorist organizations or extremist groups, which actually seemed quite strange at the time. Of course, then it came out that he had also spoken about underground military bunkers in the United States, which were full of children being tortured for their blood. Sounds really familiar, doesn't it? There's also that vegan cook and restaurateur here named Attila Hildmann. Um, he wrote that the throne of Satan could be found in the Pergamon Museum in Berlin, and that the museum was the heart of a global Satanist scene, and that corona criminals, whatever those might be, coronavirus criminals, were also supported there. He said that after the museum closed in the evening, they sacrificed people and abused children in the Pergamon Museum. On October 3rd, someone, nobody knows who, damaged priceless ancient works of art there by spraying an oily substance on it. Of course, you can't directly say that this had anything to do with what Mr. Hildman said, but it does seem a little suspicious, doesn't it? Guys, that is all I've got on QAnon for now. I mean, I have more, but it's all bad and we've had enough, right? If you are interested in finding out more about QAnon or Q, I highly recommend that you start by listening to an episode of the podcast Reply All from Gimlet Media. The episode is called Country of Liars, and it talks a little bit about who Q is. In general, the Reply All podcast is great. So if you're trying to improve your English a little and you're interested in kind of techie online internet things, it's a great podcast, well-produced, all of that. There's also a podcast from the New York Times called Rabbit Hole, which talks about how people on the internet can be drawn into the QAnon movement. In addition, I would recommend the QAnon Anonymous podcast. This is a podcast that was started quite a while ago with a host screaming from the mountaintops how dangerous QAnon is. And yeah, the guy's right. I saw him in quite a few interviews when I was preparing um, the research for this podcast. And so I did listen to a couple of episodes and it's quite interesting. But again, it's a really big topic and none of it is good. So, you know, proceed with caution. Thank you so much for joining me today on this adventure. I promise that next week we will be talking about a more uplifting topic for my sake as well as yours. If you want to reach out to me, I can be found at Fremdlauschen on all the things, including Twitter and Instagram, or email me at Fremdlauschen at gmail.com. That's F-R-E-M-D-L-A-U-S-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. Bye.